Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Gravity Falls. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Kolzik, and I'm joined by Bodacious, Bodacious, sorry, Dashes, Bodacious A, Allison Shoemaker, and the Second Amendment covers gun swords, Noel Kirkpatrick. We are here talking about the, the, the series finale, the three or four part series finale of Gravity Falls, uh, Weird Mageddon, parts one, two, and three, uh, part one, part two, Escape from Reality, and, or Escape to Reality, and part three, uh, take back the falls. So, uh, listeners, you are, you know, it's an audio medium. You can't see. I have, I'm sporting my Gravity Falls t-shirt. One of the very few, it might be the only pop culture related t-shirt I currently own. Um, that cannot be true. I don't, I don't have a lot of branded Sure. I don't spend money on clothes. No. <laughs> so if I go to Comic-Con and they give me a Gravity Falls shirt, I'll be like, sweet, and I'll wear it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't like, you know. Uh, the t-shirt I'm wearing right now says a film by Kathy Yan on it. So, <laughs> but, they, but I just assume people send you stuff. Oh, of, I bought this. You this bought is that super one? Yucky. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bought this. It's soft. Mm-hmm. I'm supporting independent filmmakers. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, obviously, listeners of the Televerse, uh, longer-term listeners of the Televerse, will know that Noel and I are fans of this finale, and uh, you know we've been talking for a little bit about how we're excited to get to it. Allison, um, I'm curious how how this finale went for you. Did it live up to maybe some of the hype that Noel and I were giving it? Was it appropriately uh, unsettling? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It absolutely lived up to the hype. I have, of course I have quibbles. This wouldn't be an episode of streaming in place if there weren't quibbles. Uh, and in particular, I've got some, some strong feelings about the ending, but um, it was just so much fun to watch just even with the sound off, it would have been incredibly fun to watch how you can tell that the animators were really enjoying this. It's really playful even in its darkness it's inventive um it draws in all sorts of new textures and feelings and is it feels a little bit like the things i liked most about gravity falls distilled into two hours like a like a bullion cube um (laughs) and i was very into it i really think bill is one of my favorite like big bads in like anything I've seen, yeah. he's so good. <laughs> it, like, and it captures the strangeness and otherness and weirdness that I think a lot of shows try to go for with their villains and never achieve. Um, like the chaos and the randomness and the the mania and cruelty and everything. It's all together, and it's uh, it, it's just such a hilarious and striking and successful villain that it really like it it actually kind of swallows a lot of the rest of the show for me because it is such a successful uh creation um so yeah that's a big part of why it's so successful i think they really they built up the hype and then they delivered on it with bill well it's it's like he it's like most stories when they try to do a like a, a chaos engine as the big bad it's very Nicholas Cage, and I do not mean that as a dig. Um, I love some Nicholas Chaos, Cageos, Cageos. 
Um, <laughs> it can be incredibly satisfying. And there are of course many examples of this, but I'm thinking right now of Face Off in particular. Um, and that is a lot of fun to watch, but this feels like actual chaos, not story chaos. And not like, woohoo, we're crazy in a fun Mabel kind of way. Um, but there's a wildness to it and a lack of morality that is incredibly engaging because it's not born out of anger or insecurity or some greater harm. It's just pure chaos. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. What a great villain. Absolutely, Kate. And the animation goes a long way to really drive that home, I think, um, with like getting a cutaway of him using his finger to draw a smiley face on the United States and then cut to like ever increasing destruction of the galaxy and that kind of thing. I think that you just or him taking a giant bite out of the the planet um, using his eye as his mouth, which is a consistently disturbing thing that they do with him whenever he needs a mouth. It's actually just his eye. That is his mouth. It's not okay. <laughs> um, that I think really drives home that kind of like that chaos thing there. Um, and with all the animation aspects of it, you can really do a lot of really fun, playful things with it that I don't think you can get away with, with like a live action kind of chaos. Cause then you just, you get really limited, right? Like I think that Nick Cage's character in Face Off is a good example of that where it's just, what's his chaos? Just shooting up a bunch of things and stealing a man's face, mm -hmm. which admittedly stealing a man's face is pretty intense, but it's it not can actual... only get you so far. It's not yes. actual like godhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mar you know, like Marcus said the same thing. Um, this is a case that I don't think would work as well in live action because it would be impossible to really convey it and to give it that scale and that scope. Absolutely. Um, the um, Marcus points, the live action bit in this episode was great. Yeah, it was a nice little... That was, so, that was super fun. Um, but yeah, it, I strongly agree. You know, it, it's... it The scale, the... Um, like when when other sh movies and and properties and stuff, especially live action, tries to do chaos, th like I think of you know I think the Nick Cage is a good example, but I would also point to like the Heath Ledger Joker is supposed to be like chaotic. It's like, but it's not actually chaotic. With Bill, he might just be like, no, that sounds fine, bye, or he might torture you. But the Joker isn't going to not torture you, and so it's it's not actual chaos. It's not you're not actually rolling the infinity side of die, and literally anything could happen. Because um, Bill could help you, or he could just torture your soul for fun, uh, depending on you know the, his whim in the moment. And and that's not something that shows or movies tend to get into because for you know for various reasons. Um, and so yeah, it, it is a really you know, it's just such a satisfying battle towards the end. Uh, yeah, I think everything it really builds up well. Let's start with our, our first part here, which is all of our, our setup that we have in Weird Mageddon Part 1. And we had some of our returning presences. Mostly they came back in the third part. Uh, Allison, I enjoyed your text of, how did I not guess Gideon? <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Obvious, maybe it was just that it was so, uh, I don't know. I, no, I'm not going to pretend that I was like, oh, it's so obvious Gideon's going to show up. I just didn't think of it. But you did say uh, Blandin. 
right? I did. And you got points for that. I think you said Pacifica, right? Mm-hmm. Points for that. That um, the we had. <laughs> how did you like Pacifica's parents <laughs> and their uh, capitalist embrace of our their new overlord? That uh, seems like uh, accurate and a fitting fate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoy McGucket. <laughs> um, yeah, I the one I wish I had guessed is the multi bear. Um, mm-hmm. That was of all of the little return surprises, and there were a lot. I was really glad to see several times again. Um, but the the one I was the most excited about was the multi bear. And did you clock the third part uh, voice actor cameo or no? I wouldn't have. I don't think so. The bus driver is Kyle McLaughlin. Oh, that's nice. A little Twin Peaks nod. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. No, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had our our uh, like descent into everything, and then we have our Mabel bubble, and then we have like the big epic fight. So uh, I got to say, I the the issue I have with this rewatching it, the the thing that was bothering me this time. Um, which I think just shows where I'm at now versus where I was at when I watched it the first time, is I was getting so frustrated with, do we really have to coddle the egos of these of these men, <laughs> of Ford and, and, and Stan? And, and like, yes, they're wrong. The point is that they're wrong. But I just have so little patience for them that it was actually making some of that uh, last episode a little more frustrating than I think it was intended to be. Um, but I think a lot of the buildup was really successful. Um, and I just wanted to be yelling through the screen, like, Dipper, ignore Ford. Go save Mabel. Like, he's like, no, well, we'll save your sister later, but this. Like, no, no, but this. First of all, she's got the grappling hook. You know you're going to need it. Second of all, she's your sister. <laughs> Third of all, listening to Ford is why you're in the situation in the first place. Um, how, how did how did the the build up Noel go for, go for you this time uh it generally went pr- the build up I think is really really good I agree with you about everything with the the stands uh is rough going at the end there um but also who knew Robbie was going to be so important um, <laughs> but I think the build up is really really good and I really like the process by which we get there I think the journey is very good of we get to see the town and then we get to experience the kind of shelter that Mabel kind of constructs almost to deal with the fact of an endless summer really. And that endless summer is just fluffy and cushions everywhere and rainbows and just really, really bright. Is it always this bright? Um, And all that kind of stuff I think is really, really great. And I appreciated the ways in which it taps into like a larger emotional component of maturation, but also of a sense of be careful what you wish for kind of deal of getting trapped in that, because that's an old, old, old story trope of you don't want exactly what you think that you want. And so watching that play out across this, uh, an escape from reality, I think works pretty, pretty well. Um, also just allows them to be creepy again, like with the fake Wendy collapsing into cockroaches, which is not something I cared for. <laughs> oh, the tree? The tree. Well. The tree yeah. is very, like, old 1980s noodle animation unsettling. It should be in black and white and just even worse. Mm-hmm. 
How did you feel about the essential roles that uh, Seuss uh, his anime played in the the finale? There, it's like in their montage or training montage. We have to have Seuss just stepping McGucket through the the beats of anime. I think it's important when you're building a mecha to understand like the history and the context of it. You should know um, the canon, right? Yeah, you should know the canon. I think that's really important, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> and if you've got time to watch all of Gundam before you go fight a trans-dimensional being, you should take that time because it's going to be really important. <laughs> no one has that much time. Gundam is so long. No, but that's okay. It's a montage. That's why yeah. That's why it is a montage. Allison, how was the build-up for you? Oh, it was great. Um, I especially liked Mabel's Perfect Prison because just like you don't always want what you think you want is a great story trope, a very familiar story trope. And one that reflects reality, which is why it's you know, sustained and endured. Um, so is the most perfect prison is the one that you make yourself, right? Um, we see lots of stories like this where um, people are trapped in realities where relatives who have died or alive, that's a, that's a favorite trope of the Arrowverse. Um, somebody who's dead has come back or where there's no more insecurity about money or food or you get the career you always wanted and it's just around the edges that you see what's wrong and that you get a sense of um the otherness and i think that what is his name fly dip dipper fly dippy fly. fresh Dippy, Dippy Fresh, Fresh, thank you. Um, Who think- should be voiced by Jason Ritter, but is not, and I'm very upset about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's confusing. Why? Do, why? No. Um, but Dippy Fresh uh, is a great illustration of that, I think. It's just not the same. Um, and you can tell even with Mabel that it's not the same. Um, and you can tell with Fake Wendy that it's not the same. I also appreciate there were lots of little uh, Beetlejuice references, um, which was a delight and that to me was very Beetlejuice um but I also just liked it as a chance to see a Mabel world that unlike the unicorn world actually looked like a place you would want to be briefly mm-hmm. yeah. um like the floor is a bouncy castle literally saves their lives and then there are waddles buses like all kinds of really cool fun things and of course Mabel is at the top of a tower guarded by waffle guards laid out like Snow White after she's eaten the apple it's just so much fun um but the wrongness is there long before the Beatles come out of Wendy's mouth which I really appreciated um so that I think that piece of the build-up was the was the most exciting to me I agree that I think maybe we only needed one Stan and Ford almost screw everything up because they're bad at at, I don't know masculinity um being human beings yeah like what just oh my god not making everything about them the universe is at stake like no don't demand a thank you and no don't be a dick about the thank you like just everybody sucks um but even Robbie got in line quicker like come on kids come on Pacifica put on this sweater the sweater parachutes (laughs) (laughs) oh my god what a detail um yeah that piece I I just 
I cared about the very ending. I cared about their reunion, but I didn't, if we weren't doing more, the more interesting question of what makes a good guardian, what makes someone, um, what is caring and nurturing and sacrifice and all of that stuff. Obviously with the sand story, we get a lot of that. Um, but if we weren't doing a more in-depth exploration of that, then I didn't need the constant. I just didn't need it. It was boring and it, almost nothing about this episode was. So it stuck out to me. Um, I also loved the Mecca fight. I loved that Candy and Grenda had their day. Um, I think the design of it was really incredible. Uh, and just its pace as an action sequence, the the ebbs and flows, the peaks and valleys, um, the moments of calm and the ways in which those moments are interrupted all worked really beautifully, I think. Yeah, and I think that you get that, you get a really good sense of the fight and then it just cuts away and you get to see it occasionally in the background, which I also mm -hmm. really appreciate. Yeah. Uh, from both like a budget saving perspective, but also from a, it's really easy in those kinds of infiltration things to lose track of the fight almost, or you cut to it and it becomes like a larger fight. Um, but having it just happen in the background, I think is more entertaining um, than cutting back and forth really. So I like being able to see it in the background while everyone's like, I don't want to stand in the circle and hold hands. Well, you have to, because our robot's about to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because our friends are risking their lives. So get over yourselves. It and it adds to the immediacy. Absolutely, Noel. That's a great point. Yeah, the the thing, the detail that I really liked that we haven't touched on yet, because um, when when we're in Mabel World and we've got the the Wendy Dipper thing, I'm, I'm watching this. Movie, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Uh, it's a retread. And then she winks. I'm like, oh, that's the point. Because and that's the fact that it's the wink. It, the way that sets it off, yeah. That that triggers him to to see, you know, to like get over his wishful thinking, because it's an exact parallel of the uh, the shapeshifter, um, and and I was like, oh yeah, okay, never mind, I forgot about that part too. Back on board with you, <laughs> back on board with you, show. Good job, nice nice uh, reference, and having Dipper learn from that experience versus, uh, you know, and, and tie it into what we're doing now. That was nice. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, the, I, I like that they set up like the mystical for like destiny kind of answer and then instead go with a trickier, more complicated answer instead. Uh, even if it's, you know, I think if this isn't the Disney XD show, Stan doesn't get his memories back, but you know, yeah. it is. So he does. Uh, I, I also was waiting for like that hint that, well, he got his memories back. That means that Bill's still somewhere there, you know, but again, this is the Disney XD show. So that's not going to happen. Did we have any other, you know, things about the finale we wanted to make sure to talk about? I know, Noel, you said you had some issues with like how it all came, like the, was it, was it the denouement or was it like how it came together? Oh no, I was just talking about Stan, I think. The Stan. Oh, okay, the Stan of it all. Yeah. 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 Um we we haven't talked about Gideon and his road warrior, so <laughs> <laughs> Waddles was Stan's amnesia breakthrough. Yes, Marcus. And as man, like Waddles and Mabel at the bus, like, was gonna just break me, you know. It's like and, and Stan that's sort of like, no, I your parents are gonna just deal with this because I did, and also it's gonna break my cold granite heart to to see you leave this pig here it's like yeah that's right that's right stan <laughs> that's some good adulting even if it's not reasonable um <laughs> but that's why you don't let a child adopt a pig like yeah anyways um i also uh, the network obviously is 
in this situation going to dictate what kind of ending is possible because I agree. Um, it seemed like the natural ending was Stan does not get his memories back, but I feel like there's a middle ground um, that would have been harder to write. And it, and that is what's frustrating to me because it, it doesn't seem like an impossibility. It seems like it would have been harder to pull off. So it wasn't attempted, which is that Stan gets his memory back over time, right? We could yeah. even, if there was a way to show us that they're on the, oh God, what, Stan of War. Stan of War 2, yeah. And, and lots is back, but, but there's a lot that Stan doesn't remember. It, it, they could have done the exact same thing and still left both a, a, an acknowledgement of the very great sacrifice that doesn't undermine the potency of that sacrifice that this man made for his family while still ending on a happy note because recovery is a process and re all recovery is valid even if it's not immediate. Um, and I think that that's the kind of lesson that's really worthwhile for kids to realize because you know you break your leg playing softball it's not going to be fixed the next day it's going to take time and that and it's going to be frustrating and that doesn't mean that it isn't worthwhile or that it isn't a triumph um so so that was my little bone to pick with with that element of it i also do not buy that no one said well we'll see you next summer right until dipper opened that letter that's just not the way the conversation works mm -hmm. There's no way the town of Gravity Falls did not come together and say, hey, let's all make a point to not suggest to the Pines twins that they come back next summer. We'll wait and put it in a letter. That doesn't make any sense. Because it's not, that doesn't make any sense. Even if it's a lie, you say, well, maybe we'll see you next summer. That's just what you do. That's just what you do. It was very sweet, but also bullshit. Well, my question is, who are they staying with next summer? Yeah. But, you know. Susan, his grandmother? Uh, McGucket is in the mansion now. McGucket is in the mansion now. He's, He's all moved in. And his marbles. <laughs> well, what, where, how do we feel about our different endings? We got Seuss in charge of the mystery shack now, uh, which, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know, we can imagine how They're that They're definitely go. going under. <laughs> right? I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Um, but first of all, you cannot tell me that that building isn't like heavily mortgaged there are back taxes no one has done any sort of oh, inspection yeah. in forever the foundation is totally crumbling it was also you know a mecca so um <laughs> uh, i mean was it reset when the weird bubble collapsed like it was is that it what did it look very made over like it did look pretty new but your point about the back taxes remains because there's no way stanley paid taxes there's no, no way no. Taxes. and there's probably a he's some, a cash only business in the mystery shack is a giant closet that's just where he throws his garbage like there's no <laughs> it's it's absolutely going down even if seuss had more shall we say business acumen although the presence of his grandmother in the mystery shack does speak well to an increased level of cleanliness. If they wanted to try to sell hot dogs, for example, they could probably get a health inspection with her assistance. She does vacuum everything. She well, also and, became a chair, though. <laughs> well, and then the, the girlfriend is there, too, so maybe that she's mm -hmm. the... That's right. Like that. that is point. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Marcus says it was repaired so much over the summer, it's basically all new parts. Yeah, there's, there is that as well. Um, but you'd think there would be some structural damage with, with like, the... Or, or some structural uncertainty given... The, the the secret bunker underneath that may or may not be structurally sound. Um, 
we have uh we we have our the northwests losing their money we have um the the stano war 2 off to new adventures we have dipper and mabel i i like that they acknowledge in this that, like that dipper acknowledges like obviously that was a dumb idea i'm not actually going to stay here and be ford's apprentice like that didn't make any sense. Uh, so I like did did their like the, their twin makeup work for you guys? I think it did for me. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the work there is done by uh, Wendy, who still is just nothing but cool girl aspirational shit, but who does get some very cool moments that I nevertheless enjoyed, up to and including her pointing out to Dipper that together he and Mabel are capable of so much. And that feels sincere. It doesn't feel like she's blowing smoke up his ass. It feels like they have evidence to back up that Dave, that Mabel and Dipper are a very effective team, even when facing down a chaos God. So, um, so I enjoyed that a lot as, especially as a stepping stone to the ending, right? I was totally ready for them to make up and wanted to celebrate their reunion and then enjoyed every triumph that they experienced and their total confidence that they could get through it together. It was lovely. So when, of really, course, they boarded that bus, what a delight. Really, it all boils down to the awkward sibling hug with the two paths. <laughs> no, no, no. Sincere, Sincere. sibling Sincere. hug. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, and if we're going to talk about uh, the that the the coming together, we should also talk about our uh, making it work. As so, it seems Grenda and Marius seem to be going strong in our post credits or during the credits scenes. Don't remember? Did we get a check in with Candy? Don't think so. I don't think so. But everybody else so seems either. to be in a good place. Well, do now that we've we've completed our journey with Gravity Falls, Allison, what did you think of the show? And and Noel, I'll be curious. To, you know, it's been an interesting one for me. I'm curious, Noel, how you feel about it too. But first, Allison, I can totally see why it is that the two of you have such fond memories of this show because the parts that are most memorable are really excellent. Like I haven't thought about Seuss and the real girl since that episode ended until this moment, right? And then it's just because of the title and now I'm mad again, but I'm not going to remember it. <laughs> I am going to remember Weird Mageddon. I am going to remember The Bottomless Pit. I am going to remember a lot of those episodes. So I think that ultimately it's going to occupy a very weird, cozy spot in my brain. However, um, in a more immediate light, it's frustratingly uneven and feels like Oh, um, like it's going to be difficult for it to exist in the shadow of things like Steven Universe, um, where it actually is as bold and thoughtful as Gravity Falls seemed to aspire to be, and occasionally was. Um, so I enjoyed it for what it is, and the high points are really, really high, uh, and I'm really glad we watched it, But but I don't know that I would put it I'm not sure it's going to sit on the shelf next to Lodge 49 for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, or, or Stephen Uter, or frankly, even bless it, even Lucifer. Like even Lucifer, I feel like my it's a, a little more um, flawed in ways that I find interesting, as opposed to flawed in ways that I find pretty boring at best and frustrating at worst. How how do you, how do you take it on? On a second viewing, yeah, or third, probably for some of the episodes. 
Yeah, for me, I'm pretty much in line with you, Allison, is that I think it's been, re- I think that the show has been recontextualized a little bit from being able to watch it all at once. Um, so everything feels more connected and also flaws are much more apparent than it's just like, oh, this was just a bad episode. I hated that I waited three months to watch this episode. I'll wait for the next three months and it'll be better, mm-hmm. um, which was basically the experience. And that I think provided a lot more generosity. Whereas this time around, it's like, yeah, this is, this is solid. I'd be quicker to recommend to like parents of young children to be like, Gravity Falls is good. You know what else is good? Adventure Time and Steven Universe. These are much better shows. Please watch these <laughs> instead. Force these on your children um, instead of Gravity Falls. Scar them for life in a more appropriate way. Um and also have them learn valuable lessons about existential crises because um, that's what both of those shows provide as opposed to Gravity Falls, which does not do that as heavily. Um, and then have your kids watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. Just seal the deal. Avatar. Um, Avatar as well. Um, less existential angst, but much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of where I fall is all those flaws are much more apparent now and it's dropped a bit in my estimation because of the unevenness overall, I think of everything because those flawed episodes are deeply, deeply flawed to Allison and to Allison's point about if they're flawed, if not outright, just kind of frustrating. So it just weighs down the average a bit. Uh, Kate, how did you feel? I am not a person who I think is interested in ever getting a tattoo. Mm-hmm. And this show, uh, I mean, and, and I don't have anything against tattoos. Lots of people love them and have really beautiful reasons uh, for, for wanting to get tattoos or getting tattoos, or just they think it's cool and it's their body. So, you know, have at it. No judgment on tattoos. But for me, I was thinking of that as I watched this show going, now, if I were a person who liked tattoos and wanted to get tattoos and got pop culture related tattoos I could see like with the relationship I had with the show and the fondness I had for the show as it ended or you know in the short time after like thinking back on it kind of a thing it would be one of those where you'd be like yeah this is a great show it's super fun that you know let's throw that in there with a little like you know a little the the triangle or or like the the um the pine hat or something you know something like that six fingers you know, something like that, you know, throw, throw that in there with along with some other pop culture references. And then I, rewatching it, it'd be like, oh, 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 I really <laughs> like the parts I really like. And then the rest of it. Uh, OK. Um, and so, so <laughs> and it's, I don't know why that tattoo thing is what came to mind, but it is uh, like, you know, probably about a few weeks ago. That popped into my brain. And it's it's, you know, the so the permanence of that is is something that there aren't very many properties I can think of or shows or books or characters um, that I would feel comfortable with having as part of me forever for the, for that reason. So if you had asked me 10 years ago how I would feel about Buffy and about Whedon, I would have a very different answer than I do now. Right. Um, And that, and and it's not about the art changing necessarily so much as yourself changing um, and what you notice and what you value. And so while I still really enjoyed a lot of this and I still think there's a lot to really recommend it, it it's, a, it's, it's remarkable the way our brains work and mm-hmm. just how 
how big an influence the way you watch something has on your experience with it and the like what you where you're at in your life all this stuff always has it's why i really enjoy revisiting certain films and books and and shows after a certain number of years like every i don't know five ten years i watch uh, 2001 space odyssey and i usually still love it in a very different way um and this is one of those things that I you know it's not that long since I saw it, but compared to other shows, it's been a while. And it was, it was very interesting, I think, to see what I noticed now that I didn't notice then, what I still loved and thought was absolutely fantastic and brilliant and what did not work for me at all. So I, I, it was an interesting experience and I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much, I still, I think that, I think the heights of it, I don't think I overestimated it. I don't think I overhyped it for myself. I just had really... It's amazing how quickly you can erase out those downsides, right? If, you know, Oh, this I, is me with the West Wing. Like, oh, yeah. 100%. I have a really hard time focusing, um, with the exception of the, the deeply offensive September 11th episode and the one where CJ is sad about Alzheimer's for an hour. I have a hard time remembering just... the lows. It's so <laughs> bad. Um but and, and would probably have gotten a West Wing tattoo at some point in my life. And like you, I'm really glad I didn't. I also let Shoemaker be Shoemaker. Oh my God. Uh, didn't and was close to, and I'm relieved I didn't get um, a very specific uh, Harry Potter tattoo that I'd been thinking about for years. So um, I feel like I've learned some lessons about uh, about what pop culture I'm comfortable putting on my body. Uh, and that's a really great perspective Kate yeah. uh, Marcus I'm curious what your experience has been with this so if you are uh, you know if you'd like to join us in the conversation here a little bit because you had seen this before and I know you were very excited about going you know diving back in with Gravity Falls um, so what was your experience this time going through it um, it's a little different um, I think I generally agree with you where the highs are really high and it's still really good and that's the stuff that I remembered from my first watch. Um, I kind of forgot a bunch of stuff from it that wasn't as good. I also think watching it this way emphasized that a little bit more because just watching a couple at a time and then discussing them really illustrates the bad parts, whereas I just binged it through quickly and just got over the bad parts and got back to the good stuff. So in some ways, it it reminds me of Lucifer season three when I had watched yeah. that the first time and forgot how bad that got because I had just binged through it, the bad stuff quick, quick, quickly enough that I just remembered the good stuff. You just power through it in a week and it's fine. Yeah. But like, if you're stretching it out over a month, oh. Yeah. And then like having a discussion about it and really thinking about why it's so bad, it makes makes it not quite as good but the the good stuff is still really really good um i think this is a show that would very much benefit from having a curated episode list to go through if you ever want to watch it again you can just yeah. skip some episodes and the experience would be top tier yeah well it's always so validating when you rewatch something and um certain stuff is especially if it's a mixed experience like this one has been for me it's it's super validating when you get to the Bill stuff and it is just as good as you remembered, if not even better, because there's stuff you didn't notice, right? 
And I think that's part of it too. I actually liked the finale more this time because I appreciated all the callbacks a bit more. Um, well, you can remember like, them this time. <laughs> yeah. And just like things like having the uh, serpent tail from the second episode from like the Mecha serpent in the mystery Mecha <laughs> and things like that. And just how they brought so much back just small things throughout the whole series and i really appreciate that more yeah oh you know what occurs we haven't poured one out for the time baby yet so well, shout out to the time, time baby <laughs> and the time cops Wolf <laughs> <Yeah>. and dundrin <laughs> that was, it was brutal are they are they back in their universe after the collapse of the weird bubble like how hard was that reset stan's memories didn't reset they said something about like everything would be like back to like re undone, like all the bills influence would be undone. But then you'd think then that should mean that Ford never went through the port. Right. You know, so that don't overthink it. (laughs) I read something on the wiki and it said something about how the time baby did get disintegrated, but then regenerated over a thousand years on the, that's what the wiki said or something. So maybe some of the extra materials uh, covered that or something, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you also get a strong sense with the end of this that they were like, let's leave the door open for future adventures. <laughs> and then so far, at least, that hasn't come to fruition to my knowledge. Maybe in the, like, the other comics and stuff. There are definitely like little special episodes, um, but I don't know if there are comics and stuff. Yeah, you think it would be it would be yeah. a good fit for that, but who knows? Well, Marcus, do you have a favorite character, favorite episodes? Like, you know, what what is going to linger with you this time? I still think my favorite character is Mabel, even though, like, on the bad episodes, she really had some problems this season. Definitely compared to last season, where she was pretty much, much more consistently awesome. Um, For episodes, I think uh, both, like, some of the early episodes, like Into the Bunker and Sock Opera, were really good. And then just uh, Weird Mageddon and... A Tale of Two Stands. So I'm not sure which one, but it's, there's a few there that are really, really good. Yeah, those are great picks. Well, uh, Allison, do you have any favorite episodes or characters or any thoughts, final thoughts on Gravity Falls? Yeah, my favorite character is uh, definitely Mabel. I agree with Marcus that um, that she's pretty uneven, but um, but I think overall, she's just such a delightful creation and such a wonderful voice performance that it's sort of impossible to do anything but love her. So my favorite character is Mabel. Um, I just want her and Aang to hang out. Like, mm. I really want her and Aang to hang out. I feel like they would have a lot of fun together. Um, they should do a show together. Yeah, oh, my God. Mabel and Aang, save the universe. Make it happen. Oh, I um, just meant like a theater show. But yeah, that oh, too. Oh, yes. Yes, they should do a play. Let's put on a, let's save the barn, save the farm by putting on a show. Um, very Judy and Mickey. I, um, my favorite is definitely the finale. Like, definitely. Um, even with the little qualms I have here and there, um, it's for sure the finale. I As I was watching it, I said out loud to Tom, who only watched sporadically, if all of Gravity Falls was like this, I would absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> but also that would have been exhausting to to watch and I'm sure to do and prohibitively expensive. So of course it couldn't all be that, but wow, I really love the finale. Um, and I don't think I have any additional final thoughts. 
Okay, Noel, favorite character, favorite episodes. And then if you want to tell us what we're doing next. Yeah, I'll I'll cover all of it. Don't worry, I got it. I'm all <laughs> set. Uh, so Mabel, definitely. Um, and yeah, I think the finale as well. I think just is so strong. But Bottomless Pit is also just really, really good. Um, and A Tale of Two Stands is also just really solid work, I think, on a lot of different levels. So those those collection of episodes i think would be a really good tier list um the one thing i should note that did get reset in weird mageddon is the sweaty one-armed horrifying monstrosity Mm -hmm. who was originally voiced by louis ck and then they removed him and alex hirsch redubbed all those lines (laughs) so he does not exist in gravity falls anymore Um, so he did not get reset, um, in the monstrosity that happened in like 2017 after all the Louis CK stuff went down. Um, so yeah, they just took him out, which is cool. And that you can do that. Animation makes that a little bit easier to do, um, provided you have all the files and stuff. Anyway, so on Monday, we're going to be starting the, my number one show for last year on TV, which was the anime, Keep Your Hands Off Izoken. Uh, you can watch Keep Your Hands Off Izoken on HBO Max. If you have HBO Max, it's on there. It's in their Crunchyroll curated collection, or you can just do a quick search for it. It'll be the first thing that comes up. You can also watch it on Crunchyroll, provided you're willing to watch the same three ads over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Um, it is an unpleasant way to watch a show. So if you have Max, this, watching it on Max is the best way. There's not a dub, so it's all subtitles all the way. Um, and are you ready for predictions about what the first two episodes are about with no context about what this show even is? Well, so we're in, it's a half hour show and we're doing yeah. two yeah. each, each day. Okay. Yes. And it's 12 episodes total. So yeah. we'll be done in like three weeks. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. I right. know, and, and I like, I know you've, we've talked about this on the podcast several times. I remember a few things, but I remember mm-hmm. like depressingly and like condemningly little from our conversations about this show. Kate doesn't so listen to me when I talk about anime. She just zones out and thinks, what a weeb. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's more just like, I, I, it's, it's more like I, I have to, when I'm editing it, it's just everything is twice as fast. And I'm just going yeah. like, you sound like an idiot, Kate. You sound like an idiot. <laughs> So I'm not worried about that when you talk. Yeah. All right. Oh, and all of these have exclamation points at the end. So I've got to really hit that Kate level of doing a DuckTales episode title. So the first episode is The Greatest World. And the second episode is The Izokin Takes the Stage. <laughs> so, Allison, you go first because I know a little bit and you know nothing. So okay. you go first and then I'll go. Um, Paris, 1932. Okay. Um, we meet our hero, I- Izokin, mm-hmm. who is, um, uh, a magician, a mm-hmm. street mu- magician who is discovered by, um, the, the head of, uh, the, um, uh, off Broadway arm of the conglomerate behind the Paris Opera House. And, uh, he offers our hero, a, a job on the main stage because it's the best magic he's ever seen. Um, and that's when we learn that he's actually um, the doppelganger of an evil fairy prince. Mm-hmm. And it's a musical. Okay. All right. I will say that almost all of that is correct. It's <laughs> uncanny. <laughs> Kate. 
Okay, well, I will keep mine vague. Sure. So as to not spoil Allison on even just, like, setting in context. The premise. <laughs> the premise. Uh, <laughs> Marcus says, why are you reading the show synopses, Allison? Come on, <laughs> cheating. Um, so the, uh, okay, so in, what was the title of the first one again? The Greatest World. Okay. Okay, so I think we're going to have our main character be introduced to, like, first day at the setting, is yeah. my theory, sure. uh, in that one. And we're going to have an introduction of, like, a... I'm going to say they're shy, and and they're uh, they have trouble connecting... And they're off in a dream world of their own a lot of the time, personality-wise. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we get at some level of uh, this would, like, their idea of the, what the greatest world would be. And it's contrasted with the struggles of the mundane kind of day-to-day struggles of the very relatable struggles of the setting. And so that's, that's when it's something like that. And we meet all of our, you know... Supporting characters and everything. And then Izokin takes the stage. Um, I like the... I, I, think, I, I think... I like the literal for this. So they're literally going to go on the stage. Uh, and I will not say magic. I will say, like... Oh, surprisingly like surprisingly talented. Not because it's a surprise that they're talented, but that they're so shy that, like, no one sees them in that way. And mm-hmm. uh, so then when they... When they do take the the stage, all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, they're so cool. Oh, they're so good. And then they, like, mysteriously kind of, like, go back into their isolated kind of daydreamy, like, as opposed to, like, all of a sudden being cool and and everybody, you know, like, being popular and all that stuff and having all the attention and everything. Um, And, uh, yes, that's all I will go with for now. Yes, that's what I'll okay. say for now. And I will get more explicit and more, like, less ridiculous and vague about my guesses starting in the, uh, on Monday. Then yeah, we'll yeah, sure, sure. That's what we all say. And then we, and then we talk about John Leguizamo for every show for a year. <laughs> Good time. There's no space for John Leguizamo in this show. I'm just going to let you know right now. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm excited to not be hosting. I'm very much yeah, looking forward I to bet. this. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I'm not excited to be hosting. <laughs> Uh, but I will then resume briefly the hosting here and say thank you, Marcus, for joining us for this episode. Thank you, everyone, who was hanging out with us through our Gravity Falls watch. Um, and I, we hope you will join us for Keep Your Hands Off Isokin. Can um, I plug that... something quick? I know Absolutely, that's weird. Absolutely, please do. But w- because we've covered so much uh, animation that's either for or can be for kids on this show, I wanted to mention that um, on the other podcast I do, uh, Sostrin Austin, a Podlander Drunkcast podcast, and mm-hmm. me reached a uh, wishbone wishbones adaptation of pride and prejudice called first impressions i'm so excited for this everyone i'm very excited as a listener i'm very excited it is a three episode series um in the first episode we just talk about first impressions in the second we talk specifically about the 90s storyline with danny jealous of crazy ex-girlfriend fame and uh in the third episode and here is the reason for the plug um we talked to Jeannie simpson who was a member of the cast of wishbone and is our favorite part aspect of this episode whose sister wrote most of the episodes of wishbone and is the creator and showrunner of hilda oh 
Hilda's so good. Tell I know. This is why I bring it up. Hilda's so good. <laughs> so uh, if you like Hilda, there's a tangential co- co- connection to Wishbone, which I have very fond memories of as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. And you can find us by Googling Podlander Drunkcast or Sawston Austin. Um, but well, it's going to be a really great us. three yeah. episodes. They're going to, they kick ass. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah, so check the show notes for the link or search it up and uh, watch those. Watch Wishbone and enjoy those and then go watch Hilda and enjoy those too. Um, but yeah, excellent. Okay, so we will be back next week to talk about Keep Your Hands Off Isoka and have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.